ask the Lord to open your eyes. He, he yeah. will do it. The Holy yeah. Spirit will do it. I read the Bible looking for loopholes and yeah, I couldn't find a one. Yeah. And yes, yeah. I mean, there was, I was frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted those loopholes and, you know, the Holy Spirit showed me, no, this, this is the word of God. And this is, this is to be trusted. Did I understand everything? Of course not. Right. But that's why we continually read the Bible and yes. we read through the Bible every year. Welcome to Thoroughly Equipped, a podcast for women where we compare the popular women's ministry teachings, books, conferences, Bible studies, etc. to scripture. Our focus is 2 Timothy 3, 16-17, that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Welcome. Hi, ladies. Welcome back to another episode of Thoroughly Equipped. I'm your host, Melba Toast, and I'm so happy you have decided to join me today. May this episode bless you and bring glory to God. Now, this week's episode is episode one of season two, and I praise God that he has granted his grace for this show to go on for another season. And so as we're getting into season two, I had the honor to conduct my first interview. I am super excited to share this episode with you, so let's just dive in, shall we? All right, so today is a very special episode. We have a my, my very own first guest on Thoroughly Equipped, and I'd like to introduce Amy Russo from uh, the Grace and Peace radio podcast. So Amy, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your podcast before we really get into discussing things. Okay, well, I really am very honored and humbled to have have you ask me onto your program. I really do appreciate that. So thank you very much. But yes, my husband, uh, Anthony, and I uh, co-host Grace and Peace radio. And it's a podcast that we try to get out weekly, so far so good, um, that really is just talking about the Christian life. And we try to uh, keep it light, um, keep it entertaining. We laugh a lot, but we also talk about some serious subjects as far as just the Christian life and and different things that go on with that. So uh, Anthos had the podcast since January of 2020. Mm-hmm. And then I joined him about a year ago. Yeah. So, yeah. and as far as who I am, um, Christian wife, uh, I work for the University of South Florida and have for almost 30 years. I'm uh, an academic advisor within the College of Business. So I've been doing that uh, seemingly forever. Wow. And mm-hmm. um, that's all I can think of right now that's, you know, pertinent. So if anything else comes up that you want to know, obviously ask me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just want to say about your podcast, which I highly suggest to and have suggested to all my friends. Thank um, you. Just the the format you guys have. I think it's quite unique. It's not like mine where I'm just giving a bunch of information. It's more educational. Yours is more, uh, I, I liken it to you've invited us to your home to have coffee. Anthony, if you're listening to this, like <laughs> I'm a big coffee buff <laughs> as well. Can't have, you know, can't um, have my morning without my coffee. And, that's funny. And like you're inviting us in 
to, to have fellowship. And it's really great. I love it. It's such a blessing. Well, so, thank you very much. We yes. appreciate that. Oh, you're welcome. All right. So um, what one of the new, one of the things too, before we get talking about you is your husband just recently wrote a book, right? Yes, he did. He just did. Yeah. Um, he's published. It's actually his, uh, well, technically it's his third book. He did an ebook in between, but he, his first book was, um, it's called uh, Pleasant Places, Reflections on the Christian Life. Right. So, but uh, recently he has published a book called Jesus Changed Everything. Everything. Yeah. And it's, we've been really excited about it. It came out officially on December 1st mm-hmm. and uh, it's just, I just felt the need to write a book that isn't super long, but that is really clear easy to read mm-hmm. and that can be given to essentially nominal Christians or non-believers. Yes. That, that's really the audience. Yeah. And he's had some really good feedback um, without him saying anything that people have said, that's, that's how they read it. That's how yes. they view it. Absolutely. Um, so th- we've been very uh, encouraged by that. Yeah. Yeah. I read it and I totally agree with that. It is like, um, just a a loving brother coming to you and saying here if I could just say one thing to you this is what I want to give you this is what I want to tell you well good thank you yeah yeah so we're um you know we're hoping that maybe some churches might want to give it out as a a welcome uh gift uh you know and so there's information out on on the website uh that you can find uh, really just the Jesus changed everything book Dot com. Right, right. Um, there's all that information out there on that, but yeah, yeah. And so that they can just go on the website, order it. And didn't I hear him say that he was it re- was released on Amazon as well? It's everywhere, really. Good. It's all the Good. it's all the normal stuff. It's on Amazon. It's on Barnes and Noble. Uh, yeah, it's it's really easy to uh, to get to. Awesome. And, but if like churches are interested in bulk, if you go to the website, the book website. And okay. has all the information out there and yeah. they can personalize it so that the church name's on there if they want it or not. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so in, in regards to that, after reading it and um, I listened, being part of the, well, you know, you and I being part of the Christian podcast community, um, I've noticed that he had some other interviews. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to the other podcasters who are interviewing him. And I found it fascinating because in the, in making these show notes for our interview, I picked out a quote because I was like, ah, this is a great quote off of his book to help promote his book. And it's all these other interviewers have the exact same quote. <laughs> like, well, there, uh, that tells you that at least that this quote really resonates with the people who have read it, obviously. Um mm-hmm that it actually speaks a, a truth. And that's, that's what it got to me. It was like, yes, that is so incredibly true. So do you mind if I read the quote? No, please do. All right. So he says, one would think with such overwhelming proof of Jesus's power to save and to change the world would flock to him. After all, in 1848 reports that gold was discovered in California, swept across the land, setting off what became known as the California gold rush. Hundreds of thousands of eager prospectors left everything behind in hopes of finding precious treasure. 
Well, for 2,000 years, the world has heard the reports. Jesus is man's eternal treasure. There is ample treasure for all who come to Christ. Instead of leaving everything to follow him, most who hear the good news just shrug their shoulders and stay home. And yet the world clamors for something to worship. The whole world is a contest of gods. Mankind has created thousands of gods to worship and philosophies to chase after. Why? Because the evils, the sufferings, the all overwhelming beauty in this world and our own God-given consciences point us to something more. How true. (laughs) It is. It is. As we, as you and I both know in our previous lives that we were always searching for something. There was always the quest, whether we, we called it that or not. Right. And I, I love how he just goes through, he doesn't even uh, just point that out. He draws out how we make idols, what we do with these idols and mm-hmm. how Christ is just so much better. Truly how Jesus changes everything. Yeah, so exactly. I exactly. would, I would highly recommend anybody who, uh, just wants to be encouraged in their faith can read this book or even give it as a gift to Mm -hmm. uh, their, their other friends who, uh, who may not be Christian, but their hope and desires. Like I already have girlfriends that I know this would be a great book to give to. Exactly. Um, And, and I do find it very encouraging even as a believer. Yes. In in reading the book or rereading the book. Right. Uh, All right. So now on about you, <laughs> so which the, feels um, very strange, quite <laughs> honestly, but this is, this is different, but yeah. uh, this is cool. But I will say real quick before I really start to uh, ask you questions, just to say why I wanted to have you on and know, getting to know you um, and talking to you in the past is, is how you have come out of a certain worldview and now have come to a more biblical and what we would call reformed uh, view. So let's just start with maybe you could tell me a little bit about your childhood, how it was brought up, and then like how you got into um, what you said was the feminist worldview. Okay. Well, growing up, first of all, it's, it's easier to start with. I wasn't saved until I was 42 years old. I'm 59 now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I grew up in the Methodist church. Uh, so from childhood up through high school, uh, I was in the church. Definitely was not saved. Yeah. Um, once I had left high school, I walked away from the church mostly just because, you know, it was just kind of a life thing. It wasn't like I was denying God or anything like that at, at yeah. that point. Although actually I never denied God. Um, Obviously, I defied God in his deity and authority and sovereignty mm. uh, and just, you know, was living my life. Well, I um, started college later. I was 24, 25 when I started college. And in the process of going to, you know, a public state university, I was starting to take classes. One of the things that I was doing is I majored in finance, but I minored in literature that was mostly to keep my sanity like you. I love to read. I love books. I thought, oh, this would be a good, you know, good way to go. So I was starting to get a bit of actually, when I think about it, I started getting hit with the feminism right when I was just taking classes at the community college. Mm. 
as, you know, electives, literature classes as electives. And, and something that we've talked about is the yellow wallpaper, which mm-hmm. we talked about in another book, uh, was key in that. Okay, so uh, just for clarification, the yellow wallpaper, there are some women who probably don't know that. That is very feminist book, right? It is. It's a, it's a short story written by Charlotte Perkins Gilman okay. uh, that is actually a very excellent story. It's a well-written story. It's a powerful story, mm-hmm. but it is used as a piece of feminist uh, okay. literature. Okay. And so that was my, that really was my introduction to feminism. And, okay. it, and it went from there. When I went on to my master's degree, I chose to do my master's in English. And that's really when I started diving into uh, feminist theory. It was just all interwoven with the different classes I was taking. Oh, that's fascinating. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Uh, you know, uh, literary criticism, definitely mm-hmm. interwoven with that. You know, any class that is taught by, I was trying to think about it, even even the male professors, they, it's all in there. Mm-hmm. So that was very much part of my life. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously in all of this, I was not a believer. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that there was a God. I believe Jesus Christ was a man who walked on earth, mm-hmm. but I had nothing to do with him. I didn't go to church. I wasn't reading gotcha. my Bible. Bible was literature. Yeah. Right. That was really that was really all the Bible was to me at, in that time period. Okay, so having been introduced to feminism, and you're in college now, right? You said 24, 25. Yes, 25. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and you also got married much much later too. So how's life right. living with this worldview? I mean, was there? I mean, you said you you don't um. God was kind of, and you, you believed he was always there and you knew that there was a, a, a Jesus, but um, maybe if you could tell me, was there like an idea of what you thought about Christianity or have you heard anything about like this idea of um, headship or anything like that during? Oh my, none of that, none of that. And actually during that time period, if anybody had mentioned to me about the idea of um, man being, you know, head of the household, um, in a relationship. Uh, oh, I would have, I would have fought them tooth and nail. I mean, yeah. it just, I, I would have been really angry about that, that how, how dare you? Um, because I bought into the whole idea that Christianity was an oppressive religion and oppressive on women. Now, where, where might you have gotten that? That's I'm curious. Every single might... professor I would have ever, oh, ever wow. taken yeah, in, okay. in a literature course. I remember one one course specifically, Paul was like vilified in literature in literature oh, wow. classes as as a complete misogynist. Yeah, uh, it honestly it took me a while, even after I became a Christian in reading Paul's letters to extract that thought out of my head and, and read it more objectively and realize that is not the case. Mm-hmm. So when I finally came to Christ uh, at 42, now, mind you, not only had I come out of a you know public university system, I am working for that public university. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> so, and still am. Yeah. Um, so I was probably the most 
liberal convert at the time. Uh, you know, it was one of those things that I was converted. I was saved in 2004. Mm-hmm. But it was a process of really understanding. You know, I, I firmly believe that I was saved in 2004 because I repented for my sins and I turned away from the lifestyle that I was living, which was ugly, mm-hmm. uh, and turned to Christ and mm-hmm. realized that that Christ had to be Lord of my life. Part of my reticence with that was as a result of some of the feminism that, you know, I, a relationship had ended and, you know, I was good living on my own, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I didn't want another male over me kind of mm-hmm. thing. So it, yeah. it really did take me a while. Okay. So in those steps of, of um, after being saved, it just took a while before I realized and working through the Bible and getting yeah. rid of some of that stuff. Yeah. So um, tell me too, like um, being introduced to the feminist literature, looking at it being taught by uh, professors, what was, what was your appeal to it? Or was it just like, oh yeah, just totally get into this. Or was there a, like a drawing or an appeal to it that you can look back now and say, well, yeah, that was kind of deceptive or maybe my pride or I don't know how else to, to. No, I I think I know what you mean. (laughs) What it was, the appeal was I was in a relationship at the time that was, was pretty domineering. And the initial appeal of the feminism was the fact that I'm empowered. I should be in charge Mm -hmm. of my life. I should be able to have the freedom to do whatever I want. Honestly, not realizing how angry how angry and dark that area can be because you just spend a lot of time being defensive mm-hmm. and ready yeah. to, to, to lash out Oh well. because, mm-hmm. and you know, everything's about the patri- the patriarchy, you know, the patriarchy is, is stepping on me. It's trying to, to hold me down. Um, and there were certain things with the start of feminism. If you really read the history of it, it's like anything else in history, say like unions. Unions started and unionization started because factory conditions at the time were awful. Right. So things had to be put in place and work their way through mm-hmm. so that workers could be safe, workers could be paid well, etc. A certain amount of that with feminism in the early, early stages was women were working in those factories and they mm-hmm. were doing jobs that men were doing. Um, and even in World War II, to a certain extent of women were working in the factories while men were uh, at war, right. that kind of equality in terms of being paid and mm-hmm. those kinds of things, those are legitimate right. things to consider. Right. But like anything else, it goes too far. Yeah. Right. In our sinful nature, we tend to take mm-hmm. things too far a lot. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, which I find interesting. And I think maybe hoping we get to discuss this a little more. Um, I kind of see that same type of trying to change things with good intentions um, coming into the church. And I think that's partly why we see a lot of the Me Too movement in the, in the church and now the um, feminism coming into the church as well. I think there's a certain uh, good intentions trying to change and reform things, but not done biblically, maybe. So exactly. we talk, maybe talk about that a little later, but um, 
So talking about patriarchy, and you said uh, to you it was the man trying to keep me down, the man, I quote, put that in quotes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, w- what about biblical uh, manhood and womanhood? At that time, have you heard anything um, on what it would look like to be a, a man, a biblical man, one following Christ, or a biblical woman back then, or... Probably none, I would of, imagine none of that then. No, none yeah. of that then. And I, I really had to learn that. Um, I got married in 2007. I was 45. Mm-hmm. Um, I really learned that as through our marriage, uh, <laughs> when we were doing our premarital counseling, uh, the pastor and Anthony and I were talking about uh, the mar- marriage vows and to uh, honor and obey. Oh boy. So when that came up about, you know, honor and obey, yeah. I I kind of I was still a little bristly at that point. And so, but I asked our pastor, I said, I, I'm explain this to me. Mm-hmm. You know, by then I was sort of getting it. I, you know, obviously I was reading my Bible and and allowing the Holy Spirit to teach me. And he just had this great explanation and and un- help me understand that obeying my husband is not being a doormat. Mm -hmm. It is a partnership, but there's roles and there's the hierarchy. There's Christ, there's the husband, there's the wife, there's the children, you know, and, and he also pointed me to the fact of what the role is for man, for the Mm -hmm. husband. And they have actually the, um, the greater burden per se, because they're supposed to love their wives as Christ loved the church and laid down his life for her. Right. So that was sort of the turning point of me understanding how that worked. It wasn't termed biblical manhood or biblical womanhood. Um, I actually didn't hear those terms until Anth was in seminary. So, you know, quite a few years later. Yeah. Okay, so, um, and this is where I would probably bring in, what was your conversion? You're in feminism, and and, and I heard that you even kind of had a bit of a new age or spiritual. Mm-hmm. So can you bring us in the storyline from college or your kind of uh, travel to mm-hmm. when you accepted Christ? It was a variety of things. Um, I lived with a man for 12 years, and then when that relationship broke up, uh, I left. It was like, woohoo, I am finally free. <laughs> and so what ensued for the next 12 years was uh, living as a single person uh, in my 30s of all the stuff that I didn't do in my 20s. And what I thought was freedom. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it, it was all to me, it was all about the freedom, which is feminism, mm-hmm. you know, free to make my choices, free to live however I want to live, uh, not understanding till after I was converted completely. But so it was a combination of, so I'm reading new age books. Thankfully at the time I was so, I had such a lack of discipline. I didn't get so deep into anything that I, it it was really difficult to extricate myself out of it. Uh, Thankfully. And that, that's the Lord. Obviously that's that's the Lord. Right. (laughs) Right. Protecting me from that. Mm -hmm. But there was enough stuff that I, you know, was familiar with the terminology and, and, the mindset and I was reading and it's, it's, it's another form of self-help. It's, it's this whole idea of, you know, how do I make myself better? 
but it crosses the line because new age is trying to find the divine, the deity mm-hmm. within yourself. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just the, it's the typical arrogance of humanity that yeah. we can be God. And right. so between that and this freedom, what the Lord just allowed to happen is just that my life just kept degrading, mm-hmm. you know, just that my, I mean, my work life was fine. Um, it wasn't anything of, you know, any addictions or anything like that. It's just the choices I was making in my day-to-day life, mm-hmm. uh, social life just kept going further and further down mm-hmm. and the new age stuff wasn't working. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I could, I could pull myself up and um, check off all the right boxes for a while, but I couldn't sustain that. And it, and it didn't, it didn't, uh, it didn't feel that emptiness of mm-hmm. my soul, you know, right. my soul was empty. Um, so between the, the choices in my life and then those kinds of things not working, the new age stuff not working, uh, you know, I just kept asking questions of a friend of mine about Christ and, and you know, again, hesitant, a 12-year relationship with a man who was domineering, mm-hmm. you know, what's this whole idea of Jesus being over my life? Was my personality going to oh, change? Wow. Mm-hmm. Was I going to lose my sense of humor? You know, all those uh, awful stereotypes that yes. get thrown at you over the years. Then it got to a point, it just didn't matter mm-hmm. what I was doing, what I was choosing, how I was living was not working and freedom was not free. Mm. It, it truly was the bondage of sin. And I, just finally said, I'm done. Wow. I, I don't really know exactly what this looks like, but I repent. I'm sorry. Forgive mm. me. I'm walking your direction. Wow. Now, were, then, you, were you told the, uh, were you given like a, the gospel by this friend that you said, or there was just kind of steps by step, just walking with you, talking with you on occasion, being an example uh, not really, honestly. Um, okay. Yeah, that relationship was complicated as far as what her her walk with the Lord is. Mm-hmm. But uh, by then I was going back to church. I had gone back to the Methodist okay. church because I just wanted to, I wanted that comfort of what I had grown up with. And I, you know, I knew the liturgy, I knew the hymns. And yep. so, you know, there, there was that, but there was a, a singles Bible study in there. And singles, not like, you know, yeah. we're going to be meeting people. <laughs> it's yeah. like, no, this was a pretty, <laughs> pretty sedate, safe environment for me to be in. Cause at that point, right. once I was saved, it's like, I, I had no interest in dating. I was fine. I just wanted okay. to learn more about the Lord. And it was really just the Holy spirit, um, teaching me through reading the word. Yeah. Honestly, when Anthony and I were friends, it was even before we started dating. I was really questioning things about, you know, what the Bible said about homosexuality. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I had a lot of friends who were, you know, in, Mm -hmm. in that community, as I still tend to call it, but in Mm -hmm. that life choice. And he said, just read your Bible. He says, don't argue with me. Just read your Bible. Yeah. So I read the Bible looking for loopholes and the Holy Spirit showed me there weren't any. Yeah. (laughs) So, so then you're, you're, um, as you, you were saying, you started to kind of date Anthony and I remember you telling me when I talked to you earlier, that's kind of 
he's a big catalyst onto how you became not besides reading the Bible, right? Um, but he was the real big person kind of pushing you, not pushing you, I guess that God used in your life to help you become more um, discerning. Yes, uh, discerning between what you were learning as an early Christian, as a mature Christian or um, immature Christian, because I always think of the Bible verse that all Christians, they're babes, and we're easily tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine still, but God in his great grace and blessing and keeping, he grows us through sanctification. So can you tell me a little bit about your kind of growth and maturity into what we would call a more reformed um, view? Or I would call it a biblical view, but many people. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, yeah, I I have learned that. Um, What was cool about when Anth and I met and just started talking and we were friends and it was before we were dating and even into dating, even though he had been I was saved in 2004, he was was, as he called soundly saved in 2005. Mm -hmm. The Lord worked with him to where he had uh, biblical knowledge. He he was really well-versed in the Bible and, you know, where things were and what the Bible said and, um, you know, not even necessarily in terms of memorization, but he was just familiar with the Bible. And unfortunately, in growing up in the Methodist church, you know, the whole reading the Bible thing wasn't encouraged. So I truly was starting from scratch. I mean, except for the normal Bible stories that everybody gets, Mm -hmm. I didn't really have anything. So it was really through Anth in our discussions in him encouraging me to be on a regular Bible reading plan, again, back Mm -hmm. to me not being too particularly disciplined, Mm -hmm. you know, that took a while for me to get, to get used to that. I, during that time, the seeker sensitive movement was big. Mm -hmm. And even before, I think it was before I'd gotten saved, I had read Kathleen Norris's I don't know if you're familiar with her. Yeah, you're smirking. No, so oh, you're not. No, <laughs> not yet, you haven't. No. Okay. Um, she's not around too much anymore. Uh, this okay. was m- many years ago. You don't see, you see her stuff in thrift stores. That okay. tells you how far the books have come. <laughs> but she was a professed Christian, but she was also big into the Catholic um, movement of going off into a monastery as, you know, she was married, but mm-hmm they had words for it, like an oblate and whatnot. I was fascinated with the whole idea of quiet and meditation and getting oh. away and okay, mystic- mysticism type of a little bit more than mysticism. Okay. Thank All you. Right. Yes. Yes. That it was more that. So I was starting to, even as a new Christian, I was finding some of these books, um, Lecto Divina. Oh, Divino, I've heard of that one. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thankfully, because Anth was already a little more grounded in those kinds of things. Mm. I'd bring these things up. This made for great discussion because I'd be all excited about something and I'd show it to him and he'd look it through and then it's like, mm, you know, oh the boy. New Jersey skepticism, <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> the New Jersey Sicilian skepticism kicked in and it's like, well, what do you mean this isn't a good, you know, and I, so we'd have this discussion and thank the Lord. I mean, I'd go back and I'd think about it, you know, and, or then I'd reread it and So the Lord was teaching me discernment Uh as we were having discussions. But by the same token, he was reading other books. 
mm-hmm. and would tell me about them. So then I'd read them. Oh, okay. Wow. Interesting. So that, that was how I trust my own instincts, obviously through prayerfully and through the Holy Spirit now right. mm-hmm. more than I did then. Mm-hmm. I think what I did then, because I realized that I was too easily led by, I guess, maybe in my previous life with some of the feminism and mm-hmm. um, the new age stuff with the mysticism that still mm-hmm. kind of pulled on me. That was just kind of a, a call, you know, yeah. that I relied on ants for better books to read mm-hmm. on and, and learning theology and uh, a better biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. The reformed piece didn't come till probably when he started seminary, he was starting to use the word reformed. And uh, I thought, yeah, okay, that's fine. I, I didn't really understand what that meant. Me too. When and, I first heard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And could I throw around any of the terminology and whatnot? Probably not so mm-hmm. much. I recognize terminology. As I explained it to my mom, who doesn't quite get it but she's grown a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I would say that she's reformed, but she's much better with her Bible and being in the Bible and, and those kinds of things. I just right. tell Ma, I said, being reformed is just believing what the Bible says, right. all of it. Right. Taking it kind of at face value just mm-hmm. a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely. So that's very, that's really fascinating how uh, God has used your husband um, to, to kind of just lead you on into something more uh, deeper, you know, cause I, I definitely know in my seeker sensitive background, it was very superficial. The books I read mm-hmm. um, very about me, very about law. So I just, I find, I mean, um, for my husband and I were, were, we have just kind of different backgrounds grown up differently in the church. He's very charismatic. I actually went to Methodist church with my father. So I totally grasped the uh, traditionality and, and that, but I'm really appreciative of the tradition that I did have, even though it was quite liberal, (laughs) but, um, right. Right. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so it just, it's fascinating how, uh, God just works with our, uh, in the marriage, just the growth mm-hmm. and the sanctification. Mm-hmm. I just, I think it's wonderful. Um, well, and I also think too, the other thing with, with Anth is because he came from a Catholic background, mm-hmm. he tended to be suspicious of those kinds of m- mystical and oh wow, yeah, super ritualistic kinds of things. So okay. his radar would go up quickly with that anyway, mm-hmm. and then dig deeper to figure it out. Wow. Okay. Wow. Um, so now um, knowing that you have this background, you have this kind of, I wouldn't say that it's education, but just you've lived, you know, a certain number of years and, and, and then coming to Christ much later, I think you would probably have a bit of a wisdom that I don't have, though I'm slowly learning. Um, but I think you could probably look at a lot of what's going on in the church today, especially American evangelicalism, and being able to pick out certain um, ideas and philosophies and teachings that are uh, feminist in nature. But um, is there, uh, knowing that, 
is there anything that you see um, happening and you'd want to warn women, hey, look, this is like you kind of did in in your one episode, which I would highly encourage everybody to look at at Grace and Peace Radio. It, it's the um, Cloaked Feminism episode. Mm-hmm. And I forgot where, what number that one is, but yeah, no, I don't remember the number either, but it's titled Cloaked Feminism. You just do mm-hmm. the search bar <laughs> and type <laughs> that in. Um, where you're you're not entirely critiquing the book, but you're discussing um, the book by Amy Bird, um, recovering from biblical manhood and womanhood. And you mentioned about how you can pick out certain feminist teaching. That's there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of terminology that that starts coming okay. out. Uh, just using that book as an example, I had a young lady at the church we were attending at the time that another young lady had given her this book and she wanted me to read it so that maybe we could discuss it. And I thought, okay, this Mm. is great. And I was intrigued with, because the yellow wallpaper is like a subtitle. I'd have to go grab the book because I'd read that story. Mm -hmm, Uh, So I thought, okay, this, this is, this might be really interesting, but I, I, I've learned over time to just kind of go at it a little more suspiciously, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) The whole idea of recovering from, it's like, yeah. so I, yeah. I read the introduction. Well, as soon as I read the introduction and I started hearing words of gynocentrism and, you know, the patriarchy, you know, that mm-hmm. word was starting to come up and mm-hmm. other, other different words that, man, the radar came up of, wait a minute. And I just, I just got actually rather incensed by the whole thing because oh, wow. mm-hmm. it just aggravated me to no end that here's a book that is going to be touted to women probably already had because I think it already been out a while by the time it got to me mm-hmm. and and here here probably young Christian women were going to be getting and reading this book right. and it's one of those types of books that there's a lot there's a lot of truth in it it starts out and then by the mm-hmm. time you get to say an end of a chapter it's completely fallen off the rails oh boy but if you don't have that discernment right if you don't know that then it's going to be more than plausible it's going to mm-hmm. be something oh yeah this must be you know and you have to learn to to pick things apart really i don't know what this woman experienced of churches to where you know, there were pastors that didn't think that women should learn theology. Mm, right. That's not right. Yeah. You know, if you're with a church that's not willing to have women learn theology as well, because, you know, women are also raising children. So it's Good important point. for them to know yeah. theology to raise their children. Good point. Then you're in the wrong church. Yeah. Right. But you again, is the if- phrase... Go ahead. I was just going to ask you if you suppose it might be a straw man or like she's looking at the very worst of what could happen. And it, no, absolutely. Yeah. You think, okay. Oh, I really, yeah, do. I, I really do think either. there's something else behind it. Um, yeah. Cause the churches that I've been in and, you know, granted that's not for that many years, but you know, even with his seminary experience, we were involved in other churches, you know, with internships or different things like that. Oh, yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah. Yeah, same I didn't with- see any church that, that didn't yeah. want women to understand theology as much right. as the men. Yeah. 
Yeah, I might I might say that there are certain churches that that want you to learn, but it's it's not it's more self centered theology. not biblical theology exactly (laughs) and that could be on both sides i mean it could be some of the Mm -hmm. the the guys um bible studies as well as as women bible studies yeah and then that's a whole nother topic on right (laughs) women's bible studies and churches that has been a frustration in the churches we've been that's very frustrating for me that's why i have this podcast (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) right exactly yeah all right so um that's really great um is there any, well, in, in along those lines, uh, how can a woman going into a church, like, what are some things she should be warned about if feminism is coming in? Because we're seeing a lot. Um, I don't know how much you keep up with the news and um, everything that's going with the um, the, Bap- uh, the Baptist convention and, oh, and all that. Yeah. yeah. And all this wokeism. And um, mm-hmm. now I, I get that there's a it it comes in a little bit with first the argument that women should be pastors and that women have a voice just like um you know black lives matter should have a voice and just as the victim should have a voice but from you being in it you could probably see some red signs would you suggest or help us discern that if it's coming into our church in some way like what are some warning signs what what is being focused on is it christ that that is first and foremost if if christ is not the focus Mm -hmm. if you know for women if it's um this whole idea that that they they need to teach or uh to lead I was trying to think of what you were saying before with uh, the you know Southern Baptist Convention stuff and some of the things. The whole idea of, as I back up, look at the teachings of Christ. Mm-hmm. If you're not reading your Bible, you're going to think that somehow Black lives are not going to matter mm-hmm. or that there needs to be more emphasis on Black lives or Hispanic lives or mm-hmm. women's lives or children's lives or look, read your Bible, right? Because then you see what, what we are in Christ, who we are in Christ as believers, and how we are supposed to interact, right? With everybody, right? That's not to say there's not corruption. Mm -hmm. That's not to say that things weren't done poorly in the past. Mm -hmm. That's not to say that there aren't individuals that made poor decisions. Mm hmm. But again, it's the phrase, you don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Right. You know, right. You go back to the Bible. And I, and I would have to say that what I find with, with a lot of these things, people are picking and choosing what they want to take out of the Bible and not doing as a whole. Yeah. And they're not, they're not doing daily Bible reading. They're not reading their whole Bible. Yeah. You know, they're, oh, well, I'm just going to stick with the New Testament. And mm-hmm. quite honestly is are the men reading their Bibles right. on a regular basis? Right. How are they leading their, fa- are they reading it yes. as a whole? If a man's only right. reading bits and pieces of, yeah, well, the woman should submit to the right. man. Picking out what they want to pick out. Yeah. 
using you're it not again, so you're I, not doing yeah. it the whole you're not reading yeah. the whole of scripture and you're not using it correctly Correct. and pastors who aren't shepherding mm-hmm. their flock to read the bible yeah and men to read their bible so they can lead their wives and better teach their children right those are the warning signs yes i would totally agree with that um coming out of it seeing that it, it's like a bright light in the face most definitely mm-hmm. now um so um coming from you know having your uh, past being a little bit of secret sensitive a little bit of um mysticism for somebody who might be in secret sensitive like i was um what kind of advice would you give to them like if they're thinking like if you could just talk to somebody not that sinker that that all sinker sensitive churches are are bad or wrong but what what do you notice about where you are now than where you were there then um in your maturity that you would try to help a woman encourage her into like what kind of growth would you encourage her into read um first of all be at a good bible teaching church that oh, you're getting ex- expository okay. preaching. Yes. Right. Could you explain what, I, there might be some listeners that don't know what expository pre- preaching okay. is. Could you explain that? Good, good point. Expository preaching, preaching through the Bible. Okay. So not, not topical preaching. Not that that mm-hmm. is a problem, you know, to never have a, you know, a topical sermon. Right. But by and large that the church that you're at and your pastor is preaching through a whole book of a Bible, okay. you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and expositing that that's, yes, that's, you right. know, where, where the word comes from and that. So that's the, the start. Then find some, some good theological books to read. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously besides being in your Bible and that being the final word, um, read R.C. Sproul. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you really want to understand, uh, reform theology and theology in general, uh, He's got a book. Uh, Everyone is a theologian. Yeah, love it. Love that book. It is. <laughs> and, and it's yeah. I'm doing this. We're on podcast, but I'm my hands <laughs> okay. are waving around. But it's a. It's not a really thick book. It's not like doing Grudem's. You know, systematic, yeah, systematic theology, theology that's about right. six inches thick. You know, you can do it's that later. Ar- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Towards that, but start small. <laughs> right, start small. So something like R.C. Sproul. Um, you know, one of the first books, and I honestly, I don't. It was a, a series of essays that he did. So I forgot the name of the, the book, but D.L. Moody was yeah. the first book that Anth gave me. Wow. And okay. that was the first start of like, wait, maybe some of this stuff I'm thinking or reading isn't quite right. Oh, okay. Do you, you remember know? the name of that book? I don't. Okay. <laughs> and it's way in the other room where I'd go get it. That's um, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll text that to you and you can put it That'd in the show great. notes. Yeah, How's that? Good idea. Okay. That'd be great. I'm going to write that down now. But uh, so yeah, that was the first one, but really good. Just find some good theological books to read to right. that, you know, are solidly in the scriptures mm-hmm. and ask the Lord to open your eyes. He, he yeah. will do it. The Holy yeah. spirit will do it. I read the Bible looking for loopholes and yeah, I couldn't find a one. 
Yeah. And yes, yeah. I mean, there was, I was frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted those loopholes and, you know, the Holy Spirit showed me, no, this, this is the word of God. And this is, this is to be trusted. Did I understand everything? Of course not. Right. But that's why we continually read the Bible and yes. we read through the Bible every year. Yes. Yes. Amen to that. Definitely. All right. So as we're closing uh, the program, I just want to say thank you. Um, this interview was fantastic. You are a great interviewee. Oh my, (laughs) thank you so so much. (laughs) Well, good. That was my prayer. (laughs) It was very engaging. I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, wow, an hour went by. My goodness. Oh yeah, I hadn't looked at that either. That's cool. Now, Mel, thanks so much. Thanks for inviting me, uh, for having me on. Um, I've so enjoyed it. I've, I've enjoyed this this interview. I've enjoyed talking to you. I've enjoyed our conversation prior. I enjoy your podcast. You you. are doing, you are doing a God-filled ministry in in what you are, are putting out there for women, women to, uh, to see and hear. And and you're doing your part in helping women learn discernment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what I hope God uses it for. Definitely. And it's, yeah. it's more important than ever. Yeah. Yes, definitely. For sure. <laughs> All right. So, right. Uh, before I say goodbye, um, is there any last words you want to say? Or um, actually, uh, here's a good question that I want to ask you. Can you give like one book? Um, I know you did a podcast on your favorite books, which again, ladies, check that one out. I think it's <laughs> Amy Russo, inter- it's not a book nerds or something anyway but look up oh, we had a um oh I hate it when my brain does that yeah. it just sort of shut down I had yeah. I had the uh go out to Grace and Peace Radio and yeah. just search look books book and there's a couple you. of them yeah, yeah, yeah there's a couple episodes with that yeah. so so and that one you talk about um just some of the books that you really love and that have been very very helpful and influential to you um so would you give uh, the ladies who listen to this your book your suggestions uh, now my my one book that I would suggest that really does kind of encompass what we've been talking about for the last hour that will help explain the true gospel versus what now is called progressive Christianity you know it's it's just Mm -hmm. yeah well they just change the titles right you know yeah the the background and and the purpose is the same right but it's Alyssa Childers so Alyssa Childers is the author and it's called another gospel yeah um, hang on. Yep. <laughs> oh, shoot. I gave that to my ladies at, at church for them to read, but just do Alyssa Childers, another gospel, another gospel. Yeah. And it's excellent. It's excellent. Excellent. Yeah. It's one of the best books I've read in explaining all this very mm-hmm. clearly. She's, um, just very honest and upfront of her struggles mm-hmm. in all of this. And this is a book for men and women. I mean, this is just right. not a yeah and she she was in progressivism for a while right so she definitely has a voice uh experience in that regards to seeing that and I know like very much progressives have a feminist ideology in some of those churches Mm -hmm. um yeah so definitely okay um anything else that you want to say before we close out no I just uh really enjoyed that 
I do know one thing. Where can okay. we go besides the website? Is that just the only place that we can contact you if any ladies have any questions to, to you to go to your what the uh, Grace and Peace Radio uh, website? Yeah, you just go to Grace and Peace Radio um, and there is our email there and you can email me uh, at graceandpeaceandradio.com. .com. All right. Yeah. Awesome. And I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Yep. And Ants is the one that always says that on the podcast. You think I, I, I have that that's memorized okay. by now. <laughs> but yeah, if you just go out to to our our website, you definitely can. And by all means, yeah, let me know if you have if any questions. Have questions. Yeah, definitely. If some have come out or in position seat relate to you, definitely. I would encourage them to contact you and check out Jesus Changed Everything. Yes, <laughs> please. Yes, you please. helped edit too, right? I heard. At yes, least I, I am. Said. I am what is fondly known as the red pen of doom. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, we we had fun doing that. But I know I'm I'm really proud of him with this book, not just because he's my husband, because mm-hmm. but because I read a lot of books. And this book is really excellent for people who need Jesus and need to yeah. understand what that means. Amen. So yeah. totally in agreement. It's awesome. So ladies, I hope you have enjoyed this week's episode and that it has blessed you in some way. I pray that you are praising and glorifying God as you grow in his grace. I pray he is sanctifying you and leading you in the truth and righteousness that is found only in Jesus Christ. And I pray that he is drawing you more and more into the knowledge of him. I pray you are in his word. Ladies, if you are interested in the transcript for this episode, you can go to ttew.org. You can find other great resources, articles, blogs, and videos that may bless you in your Christian walk, as well as links to follow me on social media. If you wish to contact me, you can email me at thoroughlyequipped316 at gmail.com. Again, the website address is ttew.org. Thoroughly Equipped is part of Striving for Eternity's Christian podcast community. Striving for Eternity is a Christ-centered ministry focused on equipping people for eternity by assisting Christians to have an eternal perspective on life. They strive to bring evangelism, discipleship, apologetics, and Christian living together for the purpose of eternal preparation by exalting God, edifying and equipping the saints, and evangelizing the lost. They provide speakers, online articles, online courses, books, podcasts, and other theological resources, all centered on God's Word. To find out more, go to strivingforeternity.org. And to listen to other podcasts, go to podcast.strivingforeternity.org. I pray that their resources bless you as they have blessed me as we live our lives day by day, praising and glorifying God.